Thank you for joining us for another episode of Bearcat Rewind, podcast number 86, coming to you today. And right now, three games into the Northwest Missouri State football season, it's pretty clear that this running attack is really, really good. As a team, the Bearcats are second in the MIAA in rushing per game and picking up five yards per carry. In today's podcast, actually going to throw it back to another era of Northwest football that also had a pretty talented backfield. Jesse Haynes is our guest today. Haynes played for Northwest in the mid-1990s and played a huge role in the Bearcats getting their first playoff win under head coach Mel Churchman in 1996. Matching up with Nebraska-Omaha in that playoff game, Jesse Haynes went for 232 yards on 32 carries, the third most rushing yards in a playoff game in program history. It was also a single-game career high for him. Northwest pulled out a 22-21 road win and ended up finishing the year at 11-2 overall. Haynes is also second for most rush yards in a single season at Northwest. His 1,829 in 1996 trail only Xavier Oman. John Coffey caught up with Jesse Haynes to talk about the Bearcats, but also his son, who is a wide receiver right now at the University of Central Missouri. Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu foundation. And also Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Jesse Haynes is our guest today. Haynes and John Coffey discussed that 1996 season and the playoff win over UNO. His relationship with former Northwest offensive coordinator and current head coach at UCM, Jim Soboda, and much, much more. Let's dive into this week's Bearcat Rewind. Talking to a former Bearcat great and Jesse Haynes, who played at Northwest Missouri State back in the late 1900s and is part of Northwest Missouri State's uh, first uh, playoff win team and a big matchup with Nebraska Omaha. We'll talk a bit about that here in just a moment. But Jesse, first of all, good to have you with us on the program. Thanks for having me. And uh, Jesse, just talk a bit about when you look back at your time at Northwest Missouri State, some of the big memories that you have of being a Bearcat. Uh, the big memory is probably the transition from being a um, team that wanted to win to a team that's winning and you expected to win. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't think I was on any, I was on a team that was wanted to win when I came transferred in uh, from Ranger Junior College in 1993, 1993, uh, until it ended, you know, had my, my trials and accolades of, uh, you know, getting the attitude adjustments and, and with myself and growth as well as and being able to return to the team in 96 uh, and then seeing success. You talked about that 1996 season. That was really, to me, one of the pivotal seasons in Bearcat football history where you're able to uh, had a little bit of success uh, the previous uh, couple of years, but uh, really got things rolling to where you're able to uh, uh, come up with a, a big uh, win in the playoffs there, and in, in particular that matchup with Nebraska Omaha, that first uh, playoff win for the Bearcats. And uh, again, uh, that entire 1996 season, I think, was uh, a very fun season for the team. Yeah, it's, it's fun because we was we was winning, but it was it was stressful as well because as you going up in the standings of uh, the national rankings, and like I say, the first time. Uh, in my example, uh, my with my you know relationship with Northwest, uh, you know we was going up the charts from being 25th in the nation, and we kept going up every week. 
and then facing teams that wanted to take us off that and thinking we was northwest of old, uh, it, it, it was a stressful, weekly stressful moment because we had goals to meet weekly. Uh, as a team, I, I probably say it's probably the best team I ever played on uh, with the jail from the coach to staff down to uh, the trainers and, and the equipment guy, you know. And uh, I always point to uh, uh, that matchup with Nebraska-Omaha as one of the pivotal moments in uh, Bearcat football history. I, I know a lot of people talk about the 98 game or the 1999 national championship game, but uh, that was the first playoff win. I think that was a, a game that really you, you were able to announce to the world that Northwest Missouri State football was here and ready to go. Yeah, I guess uh, we did. We did, and, that's, uh, and that put uh, Northwest on somewhat the map uh, that people uh, respect the Paul and, and respecting that Paul. And then it's, it's funny now because through that, from that playoff game, uh, you never would see anybody uh, wearing a Northwest shirt outside of the, uh, the, the Maryville area or St. Joe, but then you can go, you can go uh, cities. I was, I've been airports in Atlanta and I've been, I've been Florida and I've seen Bearcat shirts and things like that all around. So that was just a start, you know, the 98, 99, and, and they're on those national championship teams. Uh, really, uh, let people know that, you know, Bearcats, we're, we're for real about football up here. You know, in that game, you rushed for 232 yards, but I imagine most people remember that game and uh, you for the big catch you made on that uh, touchdown reception to give Northwest the win late in the contest. Yeah, the snake route. Uh, man, Man, the coach Sabota always talk about it because we always, when we needed a play, we always called the snake route, even in practice. So, the snake route, and it was just funny that that was the route that 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 sealed the deal and and started uh, playoff history for the for the, the university. Well, that was quite a play, and I think what made that even more exceptional was just the fact as the, the afternoon went along, the field conditions just continued to get worse and worse where the footing wasn't very good, but you were still able to uh, haul that pass in and uh, stay on the your feet and uh, roll into the end zone. Yeah. Uh, I, I think people, if people were there, they would understand what you're talking about. They have to be there to see it. I think somebody recently set out, uh, put out a like, greatest catch of Northwest history on YouTube or something like that. That you can that it played replay that last play, uh, and that brought back some memories. And yeah, uh, making that catch and and we won won our first playoff game. And to see how happy that we were uh, to win a game, the playoff game, and to move on to the next round was was good. I would like to say, and that was like the first and the coldest game I ever played in in my life. Where normally at halftime you drink water or Gatorade, I drink I drink uh, hot cocoa. <laughs> oh man, it was uh, and really it, the, the afternoon just got nastier and nastier as the, the the weather conditions continued on throughout that entire afternoon. It seemed like. Oh yeah, it, it did. And then um, the funny thing is, is and I think UNO was trying to. Um, they knew, you know, they was used to those conditions and. And when the equipment guy and the coaches call their their staff about you know what type of equipment or footing footwear should we we bring, they just told us to bring basketball shoes. And uh, <laughs> so it's like we went for our, our practice, our first practice, while the field was getting cold before it started freezing. And we was just slipping and sliding where 
we really didn't. We probably had like a 10-minute or less practice and had to go back to the hotel and practice in the ballroom uh, because uh, the, the, our footing, we didn't have. And then hours, all, all hours before the game, all the coaches and, and staff was going through Omaha buying up all the uh, footwear, like cleats or, or turf shoes is what I want to say, buying all the turf shoes. So if you look at the game, we all have mixed match type of shoes on because whatever they had, we, they was buying <laughs> well, whatever they had, it certainly worked for you guys that day. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, the uh, voter gets on me all the time because he he uh, personally bought those shoes, found the shoes that I was wearing, and he and it, he asked me uh, one time that I still have them. Like, no, I gave them to another player so they can use them the following year. All right, now let's just talk a bit about. After leaving Northwest Missouri State, you had an opportunity to play some professional football, and I think a lot of people remember uh, your time with the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, it was a good experience. It's, I mean, through honestly, through all the things I my my I'm gonna say my 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 past or my travels from 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 growth to to Maryville and then to Kansas City, it was a good. I mean, a well-rounded story. If, if People had time to sit down and listen to it, but you know, a person for me that me that ended up in Kansas City and end up being able to, uh, you know, enjoy that experience or be in that experience, which was highly stressful again, but enjoy that experience and play and continue to play football was great, you know. Well, not only with the Chiefs, but also I understand too uh, you had an opportunity to uh, go overseas and play in the NFL uh, European League there for a couple of seasons. I played my. I was allocated by the Chiefs to the Scottish Claymores, uh, which was a great experience. And then the next year, I I went. I was drafted by the Barcelona Dragons to, to play. So and then I got a chance to play against the team I was with them the year the the previous year. So uh, football is football. Uh, you know, just some people it's it's levels to football, and but it's still the same. Mechanics, it takes the same mechanics, skill levels. It's just the talent of the individuals and, and the gathering of individuals and how they, you put them all in mess together to win championships. But we played football. We enjoyed it. Uh, I had I got to travel to Europe twice and travel to countries and 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 when what they call them, um, they don't call them cities. But <laughs> I got to travel to countries and towns and things like that. Uh, and see things that I wouldn't have seen if uh, it wasn't for football. And after your football career ended, just uh, update us on on uh, where life took you after that. Uh, you know, I went back. I came back, returned to the Northwest after I decided to stop playing football or give it a break. But then I just decided to stop playing football, uh, and then I finished and, and received my degree in 2001. And then uh, from there, I what I do? I worked on worked at the university for like five years. Uh, director of Minority Affairs, and then I went went on. I came to Kansas City, and I started working for the YMCA, and then tried a little retail management. Uh, and then eventually, <clears throat> currently, I, I eventually want to put my you know my degree uh, to work for myself. Then uh, I got a business management degree, and I want to I always want to own my own business. And so the last two years, I I was. I, Stopped working and went to barber school, and to pursue, 
I want to be. I want to always want my own barber shop. And so now, currently, I'm a uh, licensed barber and a barber instructor. And then uh, I just moved, relocated to Texas this week. This week to pursue to open a, a barber shop and and hopefully a barber school. All right. Well, it sounds great there. And also, you talked about uh, Coach Sabota and your relationship with that. Coach Sabota has uh, changed a little bit now from the standpoint that your son is playing for Coach Sabota at Central Missouri. So he's still able to uh, keep in touch with Coach Sabota and and uh, have your son benefit from Coach Sabota now. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a touchy moment for me because I, I, my, I have um, one of my sons uh, played underneath Adam Doyle at Northwest for a semester, for a season. And uh, just seeing my, my kids follow, you know, continue with football. I'm not going to say follow my footsteps. Continue my, with football and see them playing at the college level. I, mean, it's, uh, I guess after every father's uh, dream. Uh, seeing, to see my son play and then play against teams, teams that uh, I played against, you know, and seeing what he can do or what he will do uh, in the future uh, versus these teams. And then it's real touching being able he's coached by uh, one of the coaches that I, I looked up to and respect and seen as a, a mentor, you know, somebody who through my, like I say, we don't have time for my full story, but through my, my, uh, my trials uh, and errors and, and, and Maryville and how I approach things to uh, never judge, never pass judgment, always spoke to me as a, as a, you know, as as a man, and I, I never had any ill, I never had any ill feelings or words uh, against or with uh, Coach. Uh, his creativeness, uh, his passion for this game, he just, I always think at football, uh, you know, even when I, I used to walk in his office and I wasn't even, uh, like, the 94, 95 season, I wasn't even part of the team. I walked in his office just to talk to him. And watching him sitting there trying to design that that Bearcat logo <laughs> was was funny because I I used to ask him why he's doing things that somebody else should be doing uh, things like that. So it's more me and Coach Boulder is like a like a uncle nephew type of relationship. You want to say? All right, now I guess now the only thing you have to get used to wearing a little bit of red and black on uh, game day uh, Saturdays for a while. Whew, that's the hardest thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I wear more black than I do at UCM, but uh, you know I'm proud to, to wear it. Uh, I have two two of my kids graduated from Pitt State, and I hate to say, you know, nothing bad about Pitt State, but just wearing Pitt State. I have a I have never beaten them uh, in in a football game, so uh, that's kind of ill. But you know, seeing seeing my kids wearing uh, anything but that green. It's kind of it's, it's it's different, but you know I love them. I love them. I support them. They're getting their degrees. I always my goal is to go to school and get your degrees. And if you're able to play a sport and and while you pursuing your degree, it's great. All right. Well, Jesse, thanks a lot for being with us uh, again. It's uh, great to catch up with you. Thanks again to Jesse Haynes joining us here on Bearcat Rewind and. We've had some great guests over the last few weeks, including Britt Westman. He's going into the M Club Hall of Fame at Northwest Missouri State a little later on in October. C.J. Moore from The Athletic. Jonathan Baker, the former Northwest quarterback. Tim Hanna, who was with Bearcat Track and Field, and many more. So check out those archive podcasts. 
Thank you to Alex Kurt, Northwest Missouri State Professor, for producing our intro and outro music. Please subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about the podcast, and also check out the Bearcat Public Media app, and you can have the podcast right there along with your KXCV, KLRNW news and the live streaming to catch all the football and basketball games coming out throughout the year as well. Thank you for tuning in for today's podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.